You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well, Matt. Fellow adventurers. So we are now in the battlegrounds, the maze of tents. There are three adventures here, and the last one's a grim proposal, which I'm gonna put off for a while. Possibly not even try now for this character. Because it, there's just no way you continue continue that path and be and not have to make difficult choices. So I'll just. So it's lo- as long as you don't do the adventure, nobody dies. Yes. Oh, okay. So we'll start with books and bandits. While strolling through a maze of tents, mind your own business, of course. This could be normal scaled. I'll go for normal. Here we go. While making uh, making your way through the maze of tents, you happen upon a young couple desperately seeking the help of any willing adventurer. The couple immediately takes notice of you and swiftly approaches. Would you be kind enough to hear us out? Asks one woman, her face portraying what you recognise has been an extreme level of anxiety. Only take a moment, please. You ask the pair what it, what it is that's obviously bothering them. They seem instantly relieved you take with an interest and quickly relate to you a brief account of their recent troubles. The woman, who introduces her fair Estrina, tells you she and her husband Lorak on the way to the town of Westmere, ultimately bound for Iron Crown Island, when the coach in which they were travelling was attacked by bandits. Estrina tells you that no one aboard the coach was hurt, but the bandits robbed the passengers making off with gold and other valuables. Lorik and I were carrying a number of valuable books, she says, lowering her voice as if the admission might invite unwanted unwanted, unwanted attention. The poppers couldn't possibly know anything about the valuable the value of the books. But we must have them back. We we will pay handsomely for the for their return. No one here seems interested in helping us. C- can you help us? Lurk tells you he has heard one of the bandits say something about returning to a place called High Mark, and the careless brigand was immediately punished for his imprudent remark, earning a sharp blow from the group's apparent leader, a man whose pale, scarred face is one that neither Lorak nor Estrina will soon forget. The man with the the man with the scarred face took our books, says Estrina, 
For a moment it seemed to me that he knew that we carried them. But how could he have known that? Well, the books we carried could be of no real use to anyone. Well, hardly anyone. Thankfully, once they had the books and had taken the gold of every passenger, they left. It might easily have been worse. For it certainly places us in a wild tight spot. Lorik repeats his wife's request, asking you to track down the bandits and retrieve the books. He tells you that, it, that he and Estrina will pay you 1,000 gold if you succeed. The generous offer, combined with their seemingly strong desire to reclaim the books, makes you immediately curious about the exact nature of the stolen property. When... When you ask about the books, neither Astina nor her husband divulge any details. Instead, they tell you there were a total of three leather-bound tomes, each with a red garnet set into its thick cover. Although I suspect that red garnet won't be there anymore. Because, you know, bandits. And if there's one thing that b- b- people who wave books like to do, is take all the shiny stuff off. They're going all viking about it. While well, you sense the couple is not attempting to prestige you in any way, you have every reason to believe they are not giving you the full story. Please, understand that we can tell you no more about the books, says Estrina. Will you help us? Oh, okay, okay, I'll help. You tell the young, despairing couple that you will immediately set about the task of retrieving their three stolen books. Lorik and Estrella are profoundly relieved and thank you repeatedly. I'll be here, eagerly awaiting your return, says the young man. Please be careful, and thank you. You ask the couple who even know anything about the high mark, but the place Lorik claims was mentioned by one of the bandits. But Festrina and her husband shake their heads. Wish I knew, says Lark. Perhaps someone around here will know. Though I must say that most on this island, you're self-excluded of course, seem most unhelpful. You bid them both farewell and promptly set off to begin what you hope will prove to be a relatively simple task. You ask around the battlegrounds, seeking anyone who knows how to reach a place known as High Mark. At last, Sui approaches you and tells you that High Mark is a region of tours and hills south of the town of Westmere. He cries about your reason for asking. And when he tells you prefer not to discuss it, he nods and smiles. With all God our secrets, he says, slapping you on the shoulder. Take care of your head that way, though. Lots of ruins in the area. Never telling what you might come across when ruins are concerned. Cost us all part of the attraction, isn't it? Oh, to have that boundless thirst for adventure that some of you lot have. After pausing for to think for just a moment, Zurim fully, fully details for you the location of the High Mark. You thank Zurim and set out at once, hoping to reach High Mark and return before the sun has set. Your journey from Iron Crown Island to the region known as High Mark takes less time than you expected. After leaving Westmere, heading south along a well-used road that hugs the hills, shouldering up to the western shore of Barrow Lock, you make your way along a series of overgrown paths that descend upwards into an area filled with jagged tours, long escarpments and ancient ruins. Near the ruins of what must have been a mighty fortress, close to the summit of High Mark, you come upon a group of bandits camped out on an area of relatively flat ground the base of a steep, boulder-strewn slope. The crumbled, half-buried remains of the fortress crown the hill and spill haphazardly down the sides of the wooded wise. Moving furtively, your every sense alert, you steal up to the edge of the camp, concealed by the tangled undergrowth that blankets a narrow belt of trees. You carefully observe Verve eight men spread out around a warring fire. One of the men, his face hideous, hideously scarred and his paleo a ghastly grey, sits alone on the far side of the maze, 
his eyes fixed on the dancing flames. He immediately surmised that this man must be the leader of the highwaymen. The man described for you in detail by Australia and Lorock. While surveying the encampment, you take notice of what appears to be a stack of books next to the feet of the presumed leader of the bandits. After studying the objects for nearly a minute, you conclude they are indeed the books. They are indeed books, and quite likely to be the three which have come to high mark to retrieve. Suddenly, the leader, his hideous visage made the all, all the more sinister in the flickering glow of the fire, raises his head and appears to stare directly at you. For a flit second, you attempt to catch his gaze. You seem to catch his gaze before quickly averting your eyes. Moments later, you again look up. Release a fire, he is once more peering into the fire. No, no, just, just, just a normal toad, just a normal toad. Good, good job, I illusionary hid all my armour and weapons. Just a standard procedure when you're being stealthy. Realising you may not be as well hidden as you initially thought, you begin creeping to your right, hoping to gain, to gain a better vantage from amongst the thick undergrowth at the edge of camp. Suddenly, a tall figure appears, su suddenly appears before you, blocking your path as you skirt the wooden perimeter of the encampment. You look up and find yourself face to face with the glowering leader of the bandits, a man who only seconds ago sat more than a dozen yards distant at the edge of the fire. As you lock eyes with the sinister figure, you're reminded of the description of the man as related to you by Srini Onlok, the pale, hideously scarred face staring back at you seems, in many ways, almost inhuman. The man's expression quickly changes from a contemptuous glare to a look of punishment. No one comes up this way on their own, he says. Oh wait, oh, soft voice. No one comes, no one comes up this way on their own, he says, his soft voice sending a chill through you. Who sent you here? Was it Dorvrek? You certainly look the part of a hired wolf. Before you can respond to the ghoulish figure, he raises his arms and a thick black cloud of smoke rapidly rises out of the ground beneath his feet. Oh. Oh, he's also a mage of some sort? Oh, fair, fair enough, fair enough. As the smoke thickens, completely concealing the bandit leader, you instinctively fall back. Fall back and assume a combat where he stands. The pulse quickens when a chorus of sharp hisses suddenly erupts from somewhere within the murky, churning heart of the expanding cloud. Seconds later, the source of the ghastly sound is revealed when five sword-wielding skeletons emerge from the smoke. <gasps> it's a necromancer! Alright, then this things have just got a bit more serious. Before you can react to the unsettling turn of events, the billowing cloud of dark smoke swallows you up, assailing your lungs with its pungent Noxious fumes. Right, picking a number. Bonus of 30. 20 from body, 10 from spirit. Gonna get 50 or more. Or oh, I'll be too busy choking to avoid the bandits attacking me. Pick now. 44. Failure. You gag violently and struggle to breathe as the thick, pungent smoke fills your lungs. 14 damage. Which I immediately heal. Winded and unsteady on your feet, but thankful to survive to inhalation of the smoke, you prepare to engage the five advancing skeletons. The first of the five skeletons, its bones clant clattering, and its rusted sword cutting a deadly, deadly arc swiftly advances on you. 
skeleton one of five. The skeleton hisses, it slashes at you, and is slain. 6xp. The skeleton staggers back and drops its decayed weapon as it crumbles into a pile of splintered stone. You defiantly hold your ground as you engage the next of the fleshless warriors. Skeleton number two hisses as it slashes at you and is slain. Alright, fight six XP for that. Here comes number three. Also slain. Another six XP. Here's the next one. Skeleton four. Got it in one stab. Kind of stabbed so fast that I kind of just jumped right through. Right through the sternum. I just blasted it apart and then went through there and out through the spine, severed it, chopping the skeleton in half. Went eep. And the other part was just like eep. Or something like that. You have anyway, it is slain. 6xp. The skeleton staggers back and drops its decayed we weapon as it crumples into a pile of splintered bone. The last of the skeletons, its bone digits tightly gripping the hilt of a decayed mace, staggers forward and attacks. Skeleton 5 of 5. This is as it slashes at you and is slain. 6xp. The skeleton staggers back and drops its decayed weapon as it crumples into a pile of splintered bone. The last of the skeletons crumples into a heap of bone at your feet, taking only a moment to catch your breath. You rush after the bandit leader, now revealed to be a necromancer, eager to prevent him from further plying his wicked craft. You emerge from the forest at the edge of the bandit camp, close on the heels of the fleeing sorcerer, only to find yourself confronted by the seven highwaymen in his employ. I mean, if he can waste skeletons, why does he need highwaymen? Why does he need highwaymen? Are skeletons just bad at banditry or something? Do they... Are they... Are they bad at complex tasks? Any Anything more than just... Walk that way and kill stuff. Do they just fall apart? Maybe he's just not. Maybe he's just not that good a necromancer. Could be that. Because I feel a good proper necromancer could have could probably have got the skeletons. Could have got skeletons to you know. Attack a cart. Okay, they're probably skeletons. Probably aren't quite as smart as Otoo, but they're doing a pinch. They're doing a pinch. As the first of the of, it, of the men moves in to attack, his hands gripping the haft of the woodcutter's axe, you catch sight of the fleeing mage, coldly placing the three books into a leather satchel. It's the axe wielding brigand. And it's going down. Murder is the only option. Well, it's not murder. He attacked me first. It's self-defense. The outlaw hacks at you with an axe and is slain. <laughs> Twist and all the blood comes out. 4xp. The second of the brigands, a short sword-wielding put. Wins as he rushes forward and attacks a sword wielding brigand. Slashes at you with his axe. Wait, wait a minute. He's a sword wielding brigand, but he slashes at me with his axe. Hmm. Bit of inconsistency there. Oh well, it happens. Especially, especially it's going to happen a lot since most people just quick combat everything and don't even read the battle text. Which is silly, because that's some of the best. That's that's a really good... There is a really good battle text. And is slain. 4xp. Leaping over the body of his slain cohort. A, beard, a, beard, a bearded man, wielding a long iron rod, curses you as he brandishes his crude but deadly weapon. Unfazed by his bravado, 
you step forward to meet his attack. Uh, you, you know, it's kind of like a bad idea to attack one at a time. I mean, it's kind of like the first thing you learn in tactics school. Don't attack one at a time. And try to get your enemy to attack one at a time. It's a savage brigand. Alright. The howling outlaw swipes at you with his iron rod. You! How are you so tough when you're so small? You have slain your foe. Four XP. The instant the third bandit's body slumps to ground, the remaining four highwaymen take flight here about the time. Alright, go off. Go go straight. Try to go straight. I know it's hard, but try. Try to go straight, because otherwise I'll probably end up killing you later. Because I kill a lot of highwaymen. And if you keep on this profession, at some point, we're going to meet up. And you'll be the ones that attack first before the before the other ones flee. And then you die. Yeah, so go straight, I don't know, but farm some pumpkins or something. I don't know, I, whatever it is that people do in medieval times. Dashing off along the overgrown paths leading down on the summit of Highmark. Content to let them go. You quickly turn your attention to the outfit's leader, the scar-faced necromancer. His white hand clutching the scatchel that contains the three books is moving swiftly up through the ruins that lie strewn across the top of the hill. Without a second thought, you fly after him, riding your way through a treacherous maze of rocks as you begin your dogged pursuit. Suddenly, the necromancer disappears from view. You reach a spot where you last saw him and discover a steep, spiralling stair descending into the dark opening at the base of a toppled pillar. Ooh, buried his equipped or something. Which is, of course, which is, of course, just like a candy shop for a, ne like a candy store for a necromancer on free sample day. Which I don't think candy stores really have all that often. Yeah. Undeterred, you climb down the stairs and step into a broad, gloom-filled gloom passage. You're standing at the base of the steep, winding stair that leans up and out of the ancient woods. To the east, the broad passage plunges into deep gloom. Realise that somewhere in these dark, twisting passages passages lurks the scar-faced sorcerer and the three books you've come to retrieve unless unless of course these things have another exit in which case he could have gone through there and be long gone long long gone especially if there's like five or six exits and I won't even know which one he took until it's too late Although he doesn't seem to be the kind of person who's paying much attention to hiding his tracks. Oh well. And I've got the power of divination as well. If worse comes to worse. Well. Your footfalls echo eerily along these ancient gloom filled passages. So I started out in the southwest corner. Picking a number. Bonus of 51. 15 from Feathery. 20 from Aura. 6 from Luck. Got to get 75 or more and presumably dodge a trap or notice a trap or something. Pig now. Success. 86 feet of thievery. The edge of the passage just ahead. Head. You discover what appears to be a carefully concealed magical snare. After cautiously disabling the snare, you resume your exploration of these dark corridors. Hmm. Probably had, there were probably some cantrips or something he just had pre-made. Yes, that's probably it. Sort of thing you'd do. Okay. Northwest corner. There's a little wet tangle you can go around. Oh, there's another trap. Bonus 41. Success 75. Pick now. 46. 
failure. A sharp, crackling sound echoes along the passage as this entire section of section of corridor fills with a weaving web of golden energy. The deadly magical snare flares brilliantly as its glowing tines tear your flesh. The web of energy suddenly vanishes. Singed and with your heart still pounding, you cautiously resume your exploration of these dark passages. Okay, so there's a northeast passage to the northeast, and then another passage to the southeast, which sort of loops back up again. I'll try the northeast passage first. Alright, what's down there? Oh, nothing. Nothing was down there. Oh well. Well, at least I know I've been everywhere once I go down this southeast passage. Oh, trap check. Bonus 41. Success 75. Pick now. 127. Success. 8 XP to Feathery. At the edge of the passage just ahead, you discover what appears to be a carefully concealed magical snare. After cautiously disabling the snare, you resume your exploration of these dark corridors. Well, if we XP adds up, even if it does it very slowly, trap check, pick now. 118, success, 8 XP to feed 3. At the edge of the passage ahead, you discover what appears to be a carefully, but not carefully enough apparently, concealed magical snare. And to get cautiously disabling the snare, you resume your exploration of these dark corridors. Alright, then I'm going north again. And next up is the end of the passage. Where he's gotta be, unless he teleported or used gating or any other trickery. Or there was a secret passage I missed. Or he went through a passage and then things collapsed around behind him, or... But he's almost certainly at the end of this passage. I go forwards. Suddenly. You step into a large, circular chamber at the end of the passage, and are taken aback by the grim sight that confronts your wary eyes. Standing in the centre of the womb, before a raised, open sarcophagus, his back turned to you is the necromancer. The sinister mage holds open a large, leather-bound tomb, from which he appears to be reciting a strange series of verses in a tongue you are unable to comprehend. Your first instinct is to rush forward and interrupt whatever wicked rite he is performing. Before you can act on, on the impulse, a loud groan rises out of the open sarcophagus. Yeah, of course. Ah, well that's a weird thing. He needed a bit of help to come to life and no, come to life and start killing people. The gruesome wail, the grumble of some strange beast eerily woken out of deep slumber, fills you with dread as it echoes throughout the chamber. Something within the ornate stone burial box is starting to stir. Well, of course it is. Things put in burial boxes are always stirring. And the fancier the burial box, the more like it is that they'll stir. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. With an alarmed gasp, the necromancer stumbles back from the sarcophagus, fumbling to place the leather-bound book into the satchel at his side. Another ghastly groan fills the chamber as the wad-clad corpse rises out of the sarcophagus. The hideous undead being, the dismal remnants of its ancient flesh, tattered finery clinging to its bones, draws a rusted sword as it climbs out of the tomb. Hmm. Yeah, I'm guessing this tomb kept it very, very dry. Dry, so so even over the presumably centuries it's been here, it hasn't rotted to just bones. Which is what most skeletons do pretty quickly. Because there's a lot of animals to which human bodies are tasty. And the bones, not so much. They're, 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 they're just too tough. They're too tough. I'm sure if you left them out long enough, Something would eat them. But he'd put them in big holes in the ground where things can't get to them. Alright, draws its rusted sword as it climbs out of its tomb. The necromancer, babbling incoherently as it attempts to retreat from this the undead horror, seems to be attempting to control the wizard corpse. All indications are the outlaw spellcaster is failing in this effort. Ugh. So not only are you a necromancer, not only have you hired brigands and stole stuff and probably done other crimes as well, you're not even good at it. The staggering corpse, its head leading to its right, continues... Yes, probably you are panicked because you knew I was chasing you. But if you are panicked, you shouldn't have gone into some place from which there was no escape. Or, yeah. But once you are in there, I guess that was your only option. Was to raise the dead and hope it kills me and not you. And not both of us. Yeah, that's, that's one option. No killing, that doesn't help you. Kill you, that obviously doesn't help you. Kill both of us, that doesn't help you. But kill just me, that helps you. The staggering corpse, its head turning to the white, continues towards the cowering sorcerer. Its tarnished blaze poised to deal its intended victim a deadly blow. So, do I help this necromancer or not? Now, if this was a Twitch stream or anything else that's live, I'd ask the audience. But this is recorded in advance, so by the time I've asked you, it's already happened. Unless I pause and ask about on the Swift Discord, but honestly, I don't feel like doing that. I guess I am the hero, so I guess I have to help you. Then you go into prison, okay? I help you, but then you go to prison. That's, That's the implied deal, okay? I help, you don't die, but you still go to prison. 
and then maybe you die anyway. It depends. I don't know exactly what you've done, and I'm not completely familiar with the law codes. Loads of Tysa, and whether and whether the local thanes are feeling particularly executiony right now. Go to the aid of the necromancer. Your mind races as you wholly, wholly contemplate how best to aid the cowering necromancer. Obviously, one option is just charge straight in and hope I can kill it first. There's also fortification, telekinesis, shadow magic, whatever that is, archery, which is the lowest level of all the checks, and necromancy. Hmm. Now, honestly, I kind of tempted to do your necromancy just to show, yeah, this is how it's done. This is how you necromance. But, hmm, instead, I'm going to give fortification a go. It's always more, fortification is a lot more fun when you're defending someone else. And it's for melee attacks. 8 XP to fortification, which succeeded. You've channeled your power of fortification and erect a shimmering field of blue sparkles between the cowering necromancer and his hideous undead foe. The wizened corpse slashes at the sorcerer, but his sap-savage blow glances off the sparkling magical barrier. And that's the thing, uh, fortification, it's, it's, it's a lot more powerful out of battle than in battle. Although admittedly most of the powers are. Seizing the opportunity, you rush forward Deal the corpse a fearsome blow. Severely wounded by your sudden, ferocious attack, the undead menace turns towards you and unleashes a ghastly shriek. Alright, well, I'll just take it down. You boldly engage the sword-wheeling corpse, narrowly dodging the vicious swipe of his rusted blade and swiftly countering the attack. It's a wizened corpse. The hideous undead terror swipes at you with its rusted blade. Okay, keep going, keep going, and it is slain. 69 XP. The, sh the sh ghastly shriek of the wizened corpse echoes off the walls as the hideous undead abomination collapses at your feet. The foul creature makes a single, futile attempt at staggering to its feet before toppling back into a heap on the floor. A vicious hips hiss subtly erupts out of the shadows on the far side of the chamber. You swiftly return your wary gaze towards the unsettling sound and immediately spot two skeletons emerging from the, the gloom. The fleshless warriors their bone fingers wrapped tightly around the hilts of their rusted blades. Advance unsteadily, their ancient weapons poised to strike. Okay, what was this, some sort of clown car gave? Right. Well, I'll take on this skeletal warrior. Do, 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 do. The fleshless warrior slashes you and is slain. 6 XP. The second skeleton steps forward and attacks, swiping at you with his ancient rusted blade. Flashes at you and is slain. Another 6 XP. With the final hiss, the skeleton warrior collapses into a heap of shattered bone. You immediately turn to, to face the man whose flight led you into the void. The necromancer. His voice wavering begs you to spare his life. The trembling sorcerer clutches his leather satchel against his heaving chest. Okay, now, now before I do that, I've got I've got to have a ch got to decide: is there a chance in heck he'll actually not immediately go off and do more evil deeds? 
using divination. It succeeded. You set 4x speed to divination. You sense the necromancer speaking the truth and will leave without incident if you choose to spare him. Now, but the thing is, I don't, you leave without incident, but I don't know if we'll do any incidents afterwards. Okay, I'm gonna I have to teach him a lesson. Although I mean, he's pro if he was gonna learn, he's probably have learned by now, but still. Your swift attack seems to take the necromancer completely by surprise. The cowardly sorcerer, a far cry from the sinister figure you encountered on the edge of the bandit camp, draws a dagger and attempts to counter your assault. It's a terrified necromancer. Begin combat. Kill or subdue. Kill or subdue. Okay, I'll subdue. I don't feel like killing. Although I think it's none of his minions I gave them mercy to, but I didn't have the option. But now I do. Subdue your enemy. The necromancer swipes it to his dagger. Okay. Keep going, keep going, and subdued. 4xp. Battered into submission by a brutal assault. The necromancer begs you to spare his life. You hold the shaken sorcerer to his feet and order him to hand over the three books. He fumbles through his leather scatchel and produces the tree of terms, which he promptly presents to you. You are now in possession of the three books you set out to find. These items will not appear in your inventory. With the books now safely in your possession, you tell the ghoulish spellcaster to leave. And then try to go straight. He follows your orders without protest, moving out the chamber as swiftly as his quivering legs will allow. When he is gone, you spend a few moments checking over your gear and recovering from your recent exhortations. Before once again setting off, eager to make your way out of the ruins. Okay. Alright, make my way hang out of the ruins. Back to the southwest corner. Climb the stairs and leave. You reach the top of the stairs and pause to survey the immediate area, seeking any sign of either the necromancer or the surviving members of his band of outlaws. After several minutes, you are certain you are alone upon the top high mark, and begin your cautious descent along the overgrown track that brought you up to the summit. You've covered less than 30 yards along the path when you spot something against the clear sky far overhead. A faint black, black speck circling against an unblemished pale blue camp Canvas suddenly straights out its course and soars off to the west, swiftly passing out of sight. For not entirely certain, you're fairly sure you've just seen a dragon. Where a sight to be had anywhere across the North Worldlands these days. After musing, musing over the fortunate through fleeting sighting for just a few moments, you once again set off along the path eager to return to Westmere before dusk. You reach Westmere and make your way to the Misty Lock for a well-deserved flagon of the tavern's thin, bitter, nigh-on-undrinkable ale. As you force down the unpleasant brew, you carefully study the three leather-bound books that have just come into your possession. Much to your surprise, the pages inside each of the weighty tomes are all empty, save for a strange, faded insignia inked into the lower corner of each tattered leaf. Suddenly, your pulse quickens, and a profound, invis inexplicable sense of dread washes over you. The page before you seems to whipple. Huh? Must be invisible ink. The thin, barely discernible outline of a skull takes form on the 
writhing surface of the page. Then, just as quickly as it appeared, the eerie image vanishes. 1,024 experience to necromancy. Overcome by a deepening dread, you promptly close the book. Your return to Iron Crown Island proves uneventful, and within only a few minutes of your arrival, you find Estunia and Lark near the battleground, near the entrance to the main maze of tents just outside the battlegrounds. Without, without ceremony, you hand the three books to the young couple. For several long moments, neither of them spares a word as they stare in earth or covered tomes. At last, Lorik looks up and smiles. The young man thanks you and immediately pays you what he promised. One thousand gold tokens! Despite your lingering questions about the books, including the origin of the tomes and why Lorik and Westinio are so keen to work on the books! Books are cool. You decide against inquiring any further. You sense the young couple is quite content to speak no more about. Also, this is a medieval kingdom where books are pretty much inherently valuable and rare. Because they can't just go stompity, stompity, stomp and make books. Someone's got to go. Right, right, right. Oh, my wrist hurts from writing these big fancy E's. <sighs> such a. Ah, uh, my big fancy E's and drawing all these snails in the margins. Oh, my wrist, my wrist, it hurts so much. Yes, they have to do that for every book. You decide against inquiring any further. You sense the couple is quite content to speak no more about them. Lorok and Ursinia both ask about your mission and seem quite interested in your description of the necromancer as he fled the wounds atop Highmark. Then, quite abruptly, Lorok announces that they must leave and the curious pair bids you farewell before turning and heading away from the maze of tents. The couple has only just disappeared from view when Estrinia, moving swiftly, returns, slipping through the dwindling cloud amid the tents until she is once again at your side. She grasps, grasps your arm and flexes you, and fixes you with a look that unerringly reveals her desire for a firm answer to a pressing cry. Are you certain he yet lives? She asks, obviously referring to the necromancer whose life you spared. Are you entirely certain? I must know. You, assert, you tell him you are certain he left the sarcophagus chamber in the wounds alive. But beyond that, you cannot be sure of his fate. Then we must remain on our guard, she mutters, her eyes subtly darting to the left. Yes, we Three of us must be careful. I don't think... I don't think he's going to be much of a threat. It's probably what he's going to do next is try to summon another skeleton and get himself killed. Yes, I mean, he's lost his crew. That's probably the only thing keeping him alive. He's had, he, had, he, had a, he had a... He had a crew of bandits to babysit him. Okay, but maybe maybe he'll do a maybe he'll do a training montage, and then he'll be a threat to deal with. Estonia leaves in, initiates a shoulder cross. She leaves in a lot to initiate the shoulder cross. You meet her in the, with the respectful gesture, and then she quickly withdraws. Without another word, she turns and heads off through the maze of tents. Moving quickly as she presumably attempts to catch up with Lorak. When she is no longer in sight, you turn your gaze to the darkening sky, where a churning mantle of deep grey, wildly driven by the seasonal winds, 
seems seems prepared to descend and devour the entirety of the island. Suddenly, from somewhere to the west, the rising, unmistakable sound of raucous merriment fills the air. Eager to find out if Zoom has perhaps provided enough of his precious casks to the foolhardy souls. To the hardy souls. They may be fools, but they're not foolhardy. But they're, ha- they're all hardy, some of them also foolhardy. But it only says hardy here. To the hardy souls, encamp- encamped outside the battlegrounds, you promptly make your way in that direction. And that finishes this adventure for 512 experience to general. Okay, that's another adventure. That's... Well, we've just... We've passed 45 minutes, so that's enough adventure for today. So next time, we'll be doing the the guards... The bard's lament. And then maybe... We'll have a look at this statue that Zurim's just had put up. But then we'll just see. We'll see. But anyway, until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.